Going into a porn shop isn't awkward. It's awesome! At Adult Temptations, everyone is entitled to a happy, healthy sex life. Visit the store at 211 Black Street in Whitehorse for a selection of adult toys, lubes, lingerie, novelties, and films. You can also check out products online at adulttemptations.ca. Adult Temptations, in pursuit of a healthy, intimate lifestyle. I think a few of the things I've done that really helped me was I just kind of did a deep dive into probably all things sexual and relationship-wise. So I like listened to a ton of podcasts and read a lot of books. And that, I felt really empowered by that. Um, And just things that push yourself outside your comfort zone, like traveling is great. Dance around your house naked or with clothes on. I mean, just get do the things that make you feel good about yourself and push yourself out of your comfort zone. Mark, are you feeling frisky? Hmm, why do you ask? Because we're back with another season of Frisky North of 60, sharing stories about love and dating in the North. And getting frisky. Yep, that too. Coming to you from Whitehorse, Yukon, I'm Karen McCall. And I'm Mark Kelly. Before we get into this episode, I'd like to remind you that Mark and I have two admission tickets to give away to the fabulous Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs in Whitehorse. Listen at the end of this episode and I'll tell you how you can win. That's admission for you and a date, or a friend, or a friend with benefits, or a family member, whoever you want to take for a soak at the Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs. Listen for instructions at the end of this episode. Today, Mark and I are talking to Julie a Yukoner about her experience getting back out there after a decades-long marriage and eventual divorce. My take on dating after divorce is that it's probably the kind of exciting, you know, uh, after getting out of a marriage, but also a bit scary and intimidating for a lot of people. I think so. And, you know, it's funny, someone the other day said to me, when you get divorced, mandatory, you have to go on a fuck tear. No, they didn't. They did. No, I said that to you. Did you say that to me? We're going to get into You just did a spoiler alert. Anyway. <laughs> I just filed it under miscellaneous because it was so outrageous. <laughs> okay, well, so I want to tell you about our guest, Julie, and how I met her. So we were going on a river canoe, well, paddling trip, rather, with a local paddling club. We'd never met before, but we carpooled to uh, the Watson River. Oh, yeah. And uh, I feel like Julie and I immediately hit it off. We're kind of kindred spirits in that we 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 aren't a, we kind of overshare, but like in a good way. Like <laughs> I didn't even know Julie, and she started telling me about her dating life, and I was like, "This is great" because I do the exact same thing. <laughs> and basically, she was talking about like all the fun she's been having dating in the last few years. So uh, yeah, I asked her if she wanted to come on the show, and she was game. So she's going to give us uh, some things about what she's learned and some of her experiences and maybe some tips for some other people who are interested in getting out there. Great. Julie, why don't we start with you just uh, telling us a bit about yourself, like how long you've been in the Yukon and uh, what you're into. So I've been up here about 13 years. And when people ask, how did you end up here? It's like, love. But really, because I used to work in Alaska, um, Back in the 80s, I worked in Denali Park, and I used to drive through Whitehorse. And then when my ex-husband got a job offers in Prince George and Whitehorse, I'm like, yeah, we're going to Whitehorse. I don't want to live in Prince George. So it's been great. I love it here. It's a great place to raise the kids. And you're a pack crafter. That's, as and I said I, earlier, how we met. Pack rafting, biking, hiking, midnight sun. It's the reason people come here. You don't come for the architecture. <sighs> the architecture is bad. I 
think yeah. I used that joke in a previous podcast, but it's season three, but so I'm we can recycle. We can recycle. <laughs> I can do that. I can use the jokes. Get the new audience. <laughs> so, Julie, uh, you're originally from Washington State, I believe, hey? Yep. I was conceived in Alaska, oh. born in Oregon, and raised in Washington. And <laughs> so lived in BC in the Yukon, so Pacific Northwest. How long were you married for? 24 years. 24 years. Woo. Okay. Nicely done. Thank you. Way to hang in there. And we're friends. That's the that's the good part. Um, I'd say we had a good run. You know, marriage is hard. Raising kids is hard, but we're 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 friends, which is wonderful. Actually, we're better friends. We think we're better off as friends. But yeah, it was good. What was it like when you um, first thought about getting out there again as a, as a single person? It's weird. My immediate response to being coming single was to quit my job and travel around the world for a year as one does <laughs> and that whole first year I didn't even think about dating I wasn't even interested in it. it didn't cross my mind I was just busy doing my thing I some people say oh is your eat pray love year because I went to Southeast Asia yeah, and like that was so annoying when people said that to me it's like no because she was dating and I was you know I did my yoga teacher training, which everybody does, but that's great. You do yoga for a month and you learn a lot. And I volunteered at a school in Cambodia and I just, I did a lot of different things. But that whole year it was just kind of like I was dormant. And then it was I, about you. Like you were just. Yeah. And I think, you know, time to process getting over, you know, being married and, um, yeah, but it just—it wasn't like it was a decision. It was just I was just doing my thing, and it, I didn't even think about it. And then I got back here a year later, and I was getting some body work done, like going through this rolfing series, which is incredibly painful. But I don't know why I did that. But anyways, one day, and I think it was kind of tied to that, plus the experience and just timing. It was like a switch flipped, like a giant switch flipped, and like, oh my god. I'm alive. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so. Was that the day you downloaded Tinder? No, I tried downloading Tinder the first time in Israel, and it scared me, and I, I deleted it after like five minutes. Oh, it's frightening. The, it probably took me three times of downloading it before I kept it and was able to do it. Now it doesn't even phase me, but I remember those first few times. It was like, this is scary. Plus, it was co- it was a cross cultural thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, and that's not dating in Israel. I imagine is different than dating in Canada or America. I'm sure it is. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't try. Didn't I try. gave it a five minute five minute shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just started flirting. Yeah. <laughs> My first encounter was an actually in person human encounter. Whoa! I know. How retro? So, can you tell us about it? Let's just say, I I think when you're like in the zone like people pick up on it and you're there's pheromones or whatever anyways this person obviously was too and i we were flirting and like where like at a car wash or at a a business establishment (laughs) okay okay at a business establishment which this person worked at and i was say a client and i kind of knew this person anyways so then I sent them a message on Facebook like an hour later with my <laughs> phone number. <laughs> and then my phone rang. And it's like, I did that. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. 
Because yeah, you just like you, you got the you picked up on the vibe and you're like, okay, this is mutual. Like I'm just yeah. gonna put it, it out there. Yeah. Bold. Okay. And Mark, I feel like not to <laughs> sorry, I got a cough. Okay, let's yeah. just no, let Mark he's cough. like so shocked over my very benign story. <laughs> <laughs> you just said something while I was taking a drink of coffee. But when you think about that, this is after, you know, twenty four years of monogamy, one year of dormancy. It was a big deal. How did that make you feel like did it did it kind of like make you stoked for dating or like it very empowering? So it's, it's, it makes me think about being re- reminded that you are actually a being that other people would like, not just the one person you were with for twenty four years. Yeah, it's a nice reminder that oh yeah, there's there's three point five billion other people or seven billion people on the planet. Yeah, and then also I realized I hadn't been touched in and not just sexual touch, but touch period. Like I, it makes me really sad when I think about it worldwide how many people just aren't getting touch but I, that one year I didn't miss it but then I started to miss it and I remember talking to my sister about it and I'm like oh my god I was at the Victoria airport in the security line and I wanted oh they that came up that I had to get um searched either I could go through the scanner or they could pat me down they said what would you want I said oh pat me down yeah, and baby. I remember thinking <laughs> and I'm just like oh my god I'm being touched it was so good it's like that is sad that I haven't been touched in so long the security guy at the airport that that and again it wasn't sexual it was just some it was human contact so I was thinking about all the ways people can get touched without um you know the hairdresser, pedicures, manicures, massage. I mean, all those things you have to pay for. But free touch is, is you know, how do you get that? You know, get arrested. <laughs> go to the airport. You, you, could, become a, you could join a wrestling up. club. Oh, there you That's go. That's like maybe That's some more intense touching. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm in a neck hold. Ah. I'm yeah. here for the touch. <laughs> I'm not here to <laughs> wrestle. I'm just here to be touched. <laughs> I know. But I, I had a physical therapy appointment yesterday and it, kind of reminded me of the same thing. It's like, I'm being touched. Like when you're not in a regular relationship and you, you aren't getting that much touch, it's mm-hmm. when you get it, it's like, oh, that's amazing. I'm sure there is some sort of like energy yeah. thing that happens there. I mean, you think of like Reiki. I mean, they're not even actually touching you, but there's got to be something. They're getting something from that touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I really like touch. So, which <laughs> if you go back to why, why do I keep dating like, I like touch, and I like people, you know, so. That was a good question you just asked yourself. Why, why do I like... Why do you keep dating? Why do you like dating? Yeah, yeah. why do you like dating? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a very curious person. That's a family story about me. I was not walking, so maybe like 10 months old. And my parents, my dad was a logger, and we were living out on a logging road in eastern Oregon. And I crawled out of the trailer down the steps out the yard into the highway, and a log truck driver stopped, picked me up, and walked back up to the door, knocked on the door, and my mom opens the door, and it's like, is this your kid? <laughs> it's like the middle of nowhere, and it's like, but I've been curious. Like, as a little kid, I was like, what's out there? I want to see. So I've always been that person, whether it was traveling or meeting new people, and I think I'm kind of that way about dating. And I go through phases. I mean, it's not like I'm always... You know, but I'm open to it. And in, in Whitehorse, I think there's like two people if you're online. Well, I was going to say, um, I had a friend visiting who is single and in her 50s. And we looked at her Tinder. And yeah, there was only, there was like five people in her age demographic. Yeah. So yeah, how many people are you seeing on, are you using Tinder or using other apps as well? Tinder. I think I'm on Bumble too. But in Whitehorse, um, I, I think my, mostly I 
have better success dating not in Whitehorse. Um, I travel a lot, so when I'm, I spend a bit of time in Washington with my parents in Portland and Seattle. Wow, yeah, so centers. many people. Mm-hmm. And then in, I was in Mexico all last winter and met some great people. And those people in, in Mexico, um, usually Americans or Canadians who are also traveling. So you kind of meet kindred spirits who have time. So that's that's been fun. But in Whitehorse, like I think I went on maybe like three dates this summer. And those were like sitting down at the park chatting and then saying, see ya. <laughs> you, you told me something once about uh, the best date is where you roll up on a bicycle. Yes. Yeah, so I've, I've become experienced now. I've realized that, you know, if you're not hitting it off, do you need, how long do you need, how long does a date need to last if you know you're not going to hit it off? I think now I've gotten to the point where I can figure that out before I even meet somebody and like, like, let's just not meet. But in the beginning, when I didn't know better, and really only did this when people pretty much misrepresented themselves. Oh, just a little deeper on that, please. Okay. Like, what do you mean? How about, how about this one? I'm single, but they are still living with their ex in their house. That That's a real thing that they don't tell you. Or I'm, you're going to date and they, oh, they're poly. They have a, a main partner. It's like, what? You wouldn't put that in your profile? I think I'm dating a real-life single person. You actually have a partner. And, oh, I'm super fit. And then they're clearly not and can't even walk up a hill. And then there's all the ones who are married who um, don't tell you they're married Tell you actually have to push them and find out, which is crazy. Is that in Whitehorse? You've had that experience as well. I feel like it's too small of a town to oh, no. try to get away with that. Definitely in Whitehorse, and then everywhere, mm-hmm. Mexico. And now I can tell one guy completely. I met him in person in Mexico, and we talked about our divorces, and he was like totally lied to me. And then tell later, and he's like, I have to tell you something. I was so pissed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, it really happens. And nice people. I mean, they're not assholes. They're, I mean, they are, but and they're just sociopaths. No. Well, and no, they want. Their needs they they are. Had, right? I, I totally agree. Yeah. They 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 see something and they want it, and this is they think they need to lie to get there. And I I said to the person, that's my, you took my decision making power away from me. Maybe I would have decided to go down this path with you, but that's my decision based on the facts that I want. Yeah. He got a very long lecture from me. Did he take it? Good. He sat there and took it? Yeah. Yeah. a boy. Okay, so let's jump back to that, that dating. Okay, so uh, the five-minute date. Yeah, so I like to meet outside, which is only works in the summer here. You know, a park bench, pull up on my bike, and have a chat and keep going. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep going. going. No. Okay, I've done that twice. Once I didn't get off my bike. Wait, you did a you ride by? A ride by. <laughs> no, I, I stopped. <laughs> you did a scope no, I think, from across I think the I river. stopped and sat down on the bench. And then I'm like, hey, it was nice to meet you. And then, you know, hop on the bike and keep going. <laughs> this vision of you, like, on an e-bike with a pair of binoculars, just <laughs> trying to see. All right, is that the guy? That was the guy. He said he's wearing a plaid hat today. So that must be him. Nope, I'm going to keep on moving. Okay, here's, an- here's another one that was a five-minute date. This guy... We're talking, and I realized 
he's the guy that a coworker of mine has been dating, and all of a sudden he ghosted her. But I could tell enough. I'm like, so I said to him, have you been dating so-and-so? And he's like, got like a and deer in the headlights, and finally he said, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, this isn't going to. This isn't going to go. So I said, I'll, I think I'll just go now. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had probably like three five-minute dates. I love the bike thing because you can get away so quickly. Yeah. There's no like, oh, my God, are they staring at the back of my head as I like awkwardly walk away? Are they going to follow me? It's like you're gone. Clean. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am being nice. I'm not being rude. There's nothing wrong with saying you're in or you're out. Yeah. It, it re- there really isn't. I mean, I think people really get worried about whether you're going to hurt someone's feelings or sort of the, how's the person going to respond problem. And really at the very beginning, what are the stakes? The stakes are not that high. They are. And I think that definitely as you, one progresses with dating or <laughs> your skin gets a lot thicker. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know ghosting was a thing. Now I do. And I don't, I try not to do that. I try to say, Hey, it was nice to meet you. Just, you know, not feeling it or whatever, you know, if need be, <clears throat> or, you know, sometimes things just die a slow, natural yeah, like a date comes to the end. You're like, did you have fun? Did you want to do it again? Sure. And then it just doesn't happen. That's a different story. It's okay if things fade. A slow fade is best. A slow mutual fade. Yeah. The hard one is when they're like, oh, it's so great to meet you. Do you want to meet again? And yeah. you're like, actually, no. No, thank you. And then just try to say that nicely, which I do. And then see them an hour later at the superstore. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, well, this, this is interesting. This summer, I, I matched with a guy online and, it like we looked like we had a lot of things in common and liked to do a lot of outdoor things. And then I told him how tall I was, and he <laughs> says, "Well, I, I don't want to go out with you." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "It's me, not you." And I'm like, "Hey, I, actually, I'm fine with that. If you're going to be uncomfortable around me, then that would make me uncomfortable. So right. I'm totally fine with it." And I said, "But you do know we're going to run in, into each other in about five minutes because it is White Horse. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet, but." <laughs> I think it will happen. You're ready to look down on him. <laughs> nice one. I actually cringe saying that a bit because um, there's nothing wrong with shorter men or taller women. So and you're not very tall. No, I'm not. So that it's very rare that I have to date someone shorter, shorter than, than me. You. But I used to think um, that I really that that was important to me to date someone taller than me until I dated a tall, good-looking man who turned out to be not the brightest knife in the sharpest knife in the drawer. And then I'm like, oh, man, tall, forget that, brains. And the classically good-looking people are kind of the worst to date because they don't have to try for anything. And maybe, I don't know, they've been coddled their whole life or something, but yeah. I'm, I know I'm making completely gross generalizations. We're but, talking about your experiences. But, but that, that's the joy of, of being single and dating is you get to have a list of weird, quirky red flags. Yeah, and we get to name them now because right? you put them on your Tinder profile. Sorry, hard no on the tall, or hard, right? Or hard no, hard no on, on vegan smoking. dog owners, right? And or, smokers, and smokers, or, right? <laughs> and I've I've definitely seen men put their height in their Tinder profile. Um, I, I think it's well, sometimes it's tall guys, and sometimes it's shorter guys. I think also because they want they just want people to know in case that is a criteria. Yeah, yeah. So Mark kind of mentioned this earlier. <laughs> This thing called, uh, so I'm sort of changing directions here. This thing called a 
fuck terror that uh, was an expression that you introduced me to um terror as in a spree a roll a flurry of sustained activity i looked this up so i love that. what the heck is a fuck terror well and like you said i do overshare which i find highly entertaining hopefully other people do too i, I hopefully i can gauge if it's too much and i will stop with you guys seem okay but we're gonna put an e for explicit on this in, episode in general um my friend coined that term for she was like you're on a fuck tear. And I, I, I think I may have slowed down, but like after that year of dormancy and then the switch flipped, I'm like, woohoo, I'm single. I am done having kids. I don't, I'm not looking for a spouse. I'm financially independent. I don't need anything from anybody. I've got a great life. I can just do whatever I want and have fun. And people were coming out of the woodworks. People were interesting to me. I'm traveling around. I'm meeting lots of people. And it's like, yeah, I was on a fuck tear. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the context you used it in, too, was somebody else who you'd met traveling who had uh, just gotten divorced. And you're like, you know what? He needs to have his fuck tear. He's not ready for a relationship. Yeah. Right? So you used it the other way, too. With, with Yeah. That guy, um, I told you about him, a guy I met in Baja. He had just gotten divorced at, in 10 years of no sex. And he was definitely on a fuck tear. And I think, go for it, Betty. You you need to do this. And if, yeah, he was, and I, your definition of a spree is like, kind of like you're let out of this. Um, it's just a life-changing experience, a complete freedom to do whatever you want. And without all the responsibilities and baggage, like when you're in your 20s and if you're look, one of those people looking to get married, you're looking for somebody with different qualities. And at this stage of life, you're, it doesn't matter what they do, if they would be a good parent, if they have a job, you know, hopefully they have I a shower. Having a job helps. We're not talking about relationships here. Oh, right. But I'm still in the fuck there. Right. Yeah. I've moved past that, though. <laughs> so your friend invented that. Okay. We'll see yeah. if that enters Urban Dictionary, and then we know that this podcast Have you never heard that before? Wide. I had never heard that before. And I've mentioned it to a few people, including Mark. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> and no, nobody. People so are like, fuck a, what? It's a white horse friend so maybe it's a white horse thing okay i think we should get it into the urban dictionary in the next 10 years we need to start using it's awesome hey mark what's your longest relationship well that's awfully personal karen i ask because mine is with uconstruct i've been working at a co-space for years i love the work vibe meeting rooms and professional connections yeah right that's what brought us together it's really cool on the make space side too there are wood and metal shops electronics lab a sewing loft and the podcast studio where we record frisky Go to youconstruct.com to learn more. It's one relationship we know you won't regret. Talking to you is great. You're, you're, you got divorced, you got out there, you're having a great time. Um, do you meet other people in your situation who are not getting out there because they're afraid or intimidated or any of that thing? Yeah, I, I'd say the, well, I have one friend who just got divorced and I like to call myself her divorce mentor. Because I've watched her go through the stages. She's on her fucked hair stage now. <laughs> At first, she was on her dormancy stage, just, you know, chilling. But now she's like, holy cow. She's like, it's amazing to, to you know, kiss somebody who you haven't squabbled with for the last 15 years about <laughs> dishes and laundry and the chores. You know, that there's a real freedom in that. I have other friends in the same age who are single and... I don't think have been married or had really long-term relationships and they've just 
I feel like they've just given up. Um, and I, I kind of get that. I feel like if I was looking for a serious long-term relationship, I would be kind of sad and depressed about dating online because it, it's, it's kind of grim. I mean, it can be. Like you're, you're looking at those profiles and it's like, oh, man, could you guys like try a little harder? Except yeah. for yours, of course. <laughs> yeah, mine's pretty amazing. But, but no, I mean, if it's, I don't know what it's like on the, I haven't looked at the women's, but so I, I feel like because I'm quite happy and not looking for something specifically that I'm less invested. And I can see why my friends who you know, are single have just like, yeah, I don't, I'm, I just can't even bother anymore. There's also this thing that we are supposed to be looking for the one, and that's a pervasive belief or pervasive part yeah. of our culture that we it's really hard to overcome yeah yeah and I think that's the difference between my single friends and then the divorce friends and the divorce friends most of them are like they're just like they just got let loose in the candy shop mm-hmm. yeah and the freedom after being married especially I think I feel like I am so lucky like 50 years ago 20 years ago a woman in my situation wouldn't have had the financial freedom I wouldn't have had the career opportunities that I have to be where I'm at today um, and so it's, it's pretty amazing that I can do really whatever I want and my, everybody's happy, healthy, and I've kind of got very few responsibilities. So that's a, that's a very important point. Uh, yeah, just with the financial independence and also the social acceptance of yeah. like being a single middle-aged woman but, for lack of better term. There's this thing like, at least I've discovered this. If you don't, if you declare if you don't declare you are solo poly, poly, E&M, or ethnic nominalist, consensual, if you don't dis- disclose some kind of acronym for why you're just single, not looking for someone permanently, then it's assumed you are. I don't think that. No? No. You haven't had that experience? I, there's one app that I was on for about half a minute, and I, I'm off, I don't go on there because all of those people are looking for the one, and that's plenty of fish. Oh, yeah. And I call match, it and plenty of desperation. Plenty but of desperation. I don't know. I mean, I'm really open to what comes along. I mean, I can't say that I don't ever want to be. I mean, maybe I do want a monogamous relationship. Maybe I don't. I have no idea. I think I'll know if I meet somebody and what that person I create could be what I want. But I don't know it till I get there. I mean, I just I've have had such a ebb and flow and changing of of what I know and even my experiences like I didn't even know that Polly existed um four years ago and ethically non-monogamous and like and all those terms kind of start to irritate me what are you like I am me (laughs) so like I just like to say I'm open and we'll see what happens but I do know that I get a little um if I think about a long-term monogamous relationship, you know, like marriage, that kind of makes me feel a little depressed, oppressed, suppressed, and trapped. <laughs> so I might not go there. <laughs> it's like, why would I? But who knows? You know, I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not closing the door on anything. So, what what advice do you have for? other folks who are getting out there after either either divorce or just getting out there? Yeah, I think a few of the things I've done that really helped me was I just kind of did a deep dive into probably all things sexual and relationship-wise. So I like 
listened to a ton of podcasts and read a lot of books. And that I felt really empowered by that. Um, And just things that push yourself outside your comfort zone, like traveling is great. Dance around your house naked or with clothes on. I mean, just get do the things that make you feel good about yourself and push yourself out of your comfort zone. And learning about things like consent. I mean, how did I not know about consent until I was 56? Like, and then realizing that practice consent, you're in charge, you're driving the bus, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Those are all super empowering. And talking to friends and having fun. I think a lot of it is just attitude too. And not not being afraid. I think people who are thinking they need to just go right back into another same relationship you, you, you don't need to do that um, I, I do think it's like some people are just going to be open to life and dating is part of that and if they're not open to life and new experiences they're probably not going to be open to dating there is that saying it's a cliche but it's it maybe fits here is that you know you look for what you know and yeah. you find what you're looking for yeah yeah and so if you don't really think or try or press yourself to step outside what has been your norm, whatever that is, uh, that's what you look for. Or you may, that's where you may find yourself again. You may not even have made decisions that are active. They may be passive decisions. Exactly. And that's what listening to all these podcasts and reading all these books has just like, I've learned so much. Things I didn't even know existed. And now, and at first like, oh my, oh my. And now, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, cool. You know, so I just think that, that, growth is such a healthy place to be and it it keeps you from getting stale and keeps you open-minded and then there's just the common sense thing because a lot of people are seem to be afraid and just like common sense about dating apps and then you could google that stuff but you know if they don't have a picture that means they're married if they can't <laughs> meet you at certain times that means they're married you know all of that stuff. And and also, and ask, like, this married thing, is it a bone sticking in my craw? What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Both of those things. Uh, thorn in my side? Thorn in my side, yeah. It's like, I abhor lying. It's like, tell the truth. Start with the truth. And that's, yeah, people start with the truth. Um, and and ask, ask up front, are you married? And if people say, why are you asking me that? Of course I am not. Well, because some people lie, you know. And it's okay to, I, I think for a newly single person, it's okay to ask questions that you think are awkward. This is your life. Ask what you want. And that means getting over that thing about what, the worry about what their response is going to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get, get past the whole idea that you're going to offend. Absolutely. You and can say anything you like as long as it's couched with respect and dignity. You're not going to offend or if you do then 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 there's your answer exactly and and then you carry that on to talking about sexual health and things that you know in the past you might not have been comfortable about with yeah have that conversation about stis and partners and tests and all of that stuff and that's the benefit of dating in your middle age is because you're just, at least i think much more confident around those things i wouldn't have had the confidence in my early 20s to ask about someone's sexual health or are you married because some people lie like those things are those are actually quite strong rooted in being confident yes and also and and also culture i think i mean some of the podcasts i listen to they that's one of the questions all the time that she asks is how do you have this conversation and she's trying to make it just commonplace 
for people to always have this conversation comfortably. And it's still hard to have, but it's like you got to force yourself to have it and don't have it one second before you need to have it. Have it in the daylight mm-hmm. with a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things. And there's some really good information about consent online and just how to have conversations around consent. And I have found that incredibly empowering. And and it can be sexy, too. It, it isn't like, you know, you know, people think it might be off-putting, but in fact, it's kind of the opposite of off-putting. And, if, and think about it, like if you wouldn't want to do something to somebody if they didn't want you to do it, like you wouldn't want to kiss somebody if they didn't want you to kiss them. So why not find out? Well, so they say forward consent is hot. It is. It's, it's, the, the, it's the like, of, almost like sexy talk. As I said, exactly. The, the root of sexy talk is to say, what am I doing to you right now? Exactly. You know, all you got to do is say exactly what you're doing, and it's hot. Yeah, and and also then if if they don't want it, you just saved yourself embarrassment, right. and and you can phrase it in such a way that you're safe and you're not going to feel rejected, and the other person is safe and on board. I mean, it just makes so much sense. Right. And then I've heard stuff where they're talking about it, like with teaching it, it to kids in in regards to everything, like. You know how people hug little kids, mm-hmm. it, like strangers, or you know your your uncle that you haven't seen in two years. And we shouldn't do that. You should, you know, you should ask or you know, things mm-hmm. like that, just to teach that concept early on. Mm-hmm. Jumping back for a sec, can you tell us uh, one podcast and one book that you found particularly uh, helpful to your journey? Yeah. So right now I'm like everything by Esther Perel. I'm loving her stuff. Um, the book. What was her, the one book? Mating in Captivity. That, Is that one. one? Yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about yeah. that. And the podcast, there's like three I listen to regularly. Um, one, Sex Communication, which is no longer on the air, but she's got a lot of back episodes. And she just interviews people, and it's just fascinating. Um, sex Stories is another one. A woman named Wyo Lee interviews people. And then... Dan Savage, Savage Lovecast, classic Seattle. And I have to say one other thing, and this this is probably going to seem a little racy, but as far as empowering my my confidence in myself is, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it porn, but, you know, other websites where women put their own photos up. And as a woman who hasn't looked at a lot of other women's body parts, I should say, to see that, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm normal. It's and you start to feel more comfortable with your own body. So I think that you know, there's a lot of uh, information. Whether you, I don't know what you want to call it, porn or sites like FetLife that can empower you in your own self. Um, so that so that would be the new divorcee list of things to do, <laughs> and start start taking you know naked selfies just for yourself and go like look at me I look pretty damn good yeah. <laughs> Julie, you have a really exciting year ahead. In just a snapshot, tell us what you're getting up to. I am going to ride my bike from Cairo to Cape Town. Oh, oh my that god, sounds awesome. so cool! I know I'm. Equally excited and daunted. So that is, ooh, I'm tapping my fingers. That's in January. Self-supported? No, thank goodness. Okay. I'm I'm on a tour group that um, is supported. So they carry our bags. Yeah, that sounds dreamy. Yeah, so camping every night and riding like average of like 125Ks a day. <laughs> and one of the other things on my, I had this to-do list is 
I want to learn how to dance. It's kind of the last things on my list to push myself out of the com- my comfort zone. I am a terrible, I feel so self-conscious on the dance floor. And so I've looked up, like in Cuba, there's a month-long dance school you can go to. There's another one I found somewhere in, I think, the Central America. So I might do something like that for a couple of weeks a month, just force myself to be able to be comfortable on the dance floor, even some basic steps. Because I look at, when I see old couples, you know, dancing or just single people dancing. It's like, I want to feel comfortable on the dance floor. Well, we'd love to, uh, you know, send us some tidbits from your travels. And uh, yeah, especially if you have any fun uh, dating stories. I'm a little, a little worried about the dating. Like, I'm a little worried about my physical health on that tri- <laughs> trip. Riding a bike. Sitting in a, a saddle. <laughs> for an, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a bit dormant, <laughs> even if I wanted to. <laughs> It's like, can you imagine? I'm, yeah. There's some ointments, I understand. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a, <laughs> you'll get some calluses. You'll oh, be fine. God. Yeah. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> on that note, uh, Julie, it was wonderful speaking to you. Thank you so much for fitting this in before you leave on your big travels. Have a good trip. You bet. Thanks, guys. One more thing before we sign off on this episode. The winner of last month's Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs contest is Esther Bordet. Esther, thanks for liking and listening to Frisky. And this is how you, as in you, everyone else, can win this month's free two admissions to the hot springs. Mark and I have a survey. We'd love it if you'd fill it out. It's about body hair as it pertains to dating. We want to know your thoughts on hair removal and manicuring and what you do or don't do and why. It's anonymous. Please fill it out. You'll find the survey linked on our Facebook page. And after you've filled out the anonymous survey... Write hot in the comments of the Facebook post. Hot as in hot springs. And you'll be entered to win. Easy peasy. I'll put the instructions in the post as well. We'll announce the winner on next month's episode in January. And until then, happy holidays and happy new year. You can't give your dates a rating, but you can rate us. So go ahead. Give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Unless it's below four stars. Then don't bother. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse, Yukon. Sometimes we use a podcast studio at Yukonstruct, and sometimes we take Frisky on the road. Our music is by Anthony Vega, Sexy Time. Oh, we like fan mail. So send us some. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorth of 60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof6060 at gmail.com. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everybody. Stay frisky, everybody.